Um, next week, don't miss as we come and meet on Friday at 8 p.m. We're going to be praying for uh, uh, Yesenia, um, who's going to be studying and, and leaving us. Uh, so we'll cry, we'll cry next Friday, and we're also going to pray for Charlie, who's also going to be leaving us. So next Friday at 8 o'clock, um, come join us as we pray for them and anoint them with oil and all that good stuff. Amen? For them too, we'll give them extra oil. All right. Um, at this time, enjoy this video, and then we're going to get into the message. It should be coming up. Here's the funny thing about people. We all like to look good, to make a good impression, to show everyone else we have it all together. Even though none of us do, the only way to pull this off is to put something else on. And that something is called a mask. A mask can help you get a job. I have over 12 years of consumer electronics experience. Playing video games in my parents' basement. It can make you look smarter. Organizational energies to maximize corporation synergy. I have no idea what I'm saying. And more dateable. I can't believe you're single. And I can't believe it's you're 25. I'm not single. I'm not 25. We use our mask to impress people. 65 inch LED TV. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was like only this thick. I mean, you know, it's expensive and all, but it is the best. You <sighs> So much debt. We use them to fool people. I thought I was going the speed limit, officer. We even use them to protect the feelings of the people we love. That was a beautiful song, sweetie. I'm pretty sure you're tone deaf. I think I'm just going to walk to school today. Because I'm kind of embarrassed to be seen with you. He sounds like a great guy. What are you thinking? You do not look fat in those jeans. So that's why they call it a muffin top. We all wear masks from time to time, but the craziest place we put them on is in church. Hello, brother! Amen! Greetings to you on this day that the Lord has made. Something about it makes us want to look our best. I'm fine! Sound our best. He hath blessedeth me so verily. And make like everything's perfect. Things are great! But behind every perfect mask is a perfectly messed up life. People with hearts that are empty, confused, addicted, hopeless, helpless, and hurting. People who think... But here's the thing. This is exactly the kind of life where God shows up. Messes are his specialty. The one thing God can't work with is a mask. So around here, we have a saying. It's okay to not be okay. Nobody's perfect. But grace is available. We believe God doesn't love us if or because. He loves us anyway. We all like to look good to others. We like to make a good impression. But when it comes to God, the best impression you can make is to just be you. Today's message is titled Masks Off, and, and that's what I want to talk to you about. And um, as we think about masks, just think about, I mean, first thing that you think, at least me, is I think about the superheroes in life, you know, growing up. And you, got, you guys could probably name, show me some superheroes that wear masks. Anyone? Batman. Batman. Good. Spider-Man. Iron Man's a good one. Good. My Spanish people. Zorro, right? Zorro. Okay. We got Zorro. We got the Green Lantern. 
Uh, we got the Green Lantern, Wolverine, right? Robin. All right, we got a lot of superheroes that wear masks. And I, I want to kind of just show you something, um, another surprise I have. There's someone else that uh, we like to wear masks sometimes, and it's a special surprise for you. And I'll show you the first picture. I hope you enjoy it. We have, um, you can turn off these front lights. You got this person right here, all right? And, um, all right? And then he has um, his Mrs. Santa Claus sitting on his lap on the next one, I believe. There you go. All right. And that's me and my wife's Christmas party. They asked me to be Santa Claus. I have no idea why the skinniest guy in the party became Santa Claus. But, all right, you can take that off now. You look at these masks and you look at people that wear masks and, and you ask, well, what exactly is it that they're doing? And we could probably answer that. Maybe some of you are like, I have no idea. I've never thought about that. The reason why all these superheroes and me, myself, there, Santa, we're putting on these masks, it's we're hiding. We're hiding from our true identity when we wear masks. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. The mask, it plays as a cover and it separates what is false from what is reality. Um, Batman wasn't really Batman. He was someone totally different when he was not wearing that mask. I, I didn't say Superman, and I know Rudy's a little bit offended for his love for Superman, but Superman didn't wear a mask, okay? I don't know how they could never tell without his glasses. <laughs> that, that's one of the main reasons why I never liked Superman. It got me upset, like, it's obvious, it's Superman, he's just wearing glasses. But I guess it's Hollywood. But um, that mask, it, it, it hides it. And if we're honest with ourselves today, we would admit that most of us put on masks. And we put masks from time to time. And maybe you're sitting here like, did you have to preach this message today? And I think it's the proper message to preach today to you, and you'll see why. We put on masks anytime that we're not honest with ourselves. And worse yet, when we're not honest with God, you put on a mask. And I wanted to share this message because I fooled a lot of kids in that elementary school that day, and I was tormented. No, I really was. It was pretty fun. But just to think that these kids, as I was walking around at Santa, they didn't have any pillows, so I was skinny. I was, I was normally a skinny Santa. I went into one of the offices of the school, and I found a couple sweaters. So I grabbed the sweaters, and I balled it up, and I stuck it in my red coat so I could look like a heavier Santa Claus. And it was falling, and I kept having to grab my stomach because it kept falling. And a lot of the kids, when they would see me walking down the hall, I was like, their, their, their reaction was, ah, it's Santa. And then I had to play the role of Santa Claus. You guys all know the role of Santa Claus, right? Yeah. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, everybody. And I had to do that over and over. And I had a bunch of chocolate. And I, I don't even know if the kids were allowed to have chocolate. I gave them chocolate. And some of them got excited. And some of them just stared at me like, that's a weird-looking Santa, but most of them actually believed I was Santa. And um, if they only knew that the man behind the mask is nothing even close to being good old St. Nick, if you really knew who the real St. Nick was, the missionary man of God, who he really was, not this big old St. Nick that we celebrate on Christmas kind of guy. If they only knew who I was, just a skinny dude, I'm not really married to Mrs. Santa Claus, I'm married to Nancy, and... <laughs> I don't really live in the North Pole. I live right on Sunset Drive and 117th next to a BJ's, and that's where they get their goods. And the elves didn't make their chocolate or the candy. If they really knew who I really was, a lot of those kids would be let down. A lot of those kids would be sad. A lot of those kids would just go home depressed. But um, 
in our lives, there's times where we put on a mask and we confront people every day. It's our own family at times, our own church brothers and sisters, our very own co-workers. And if they really knew who was behind that mask, what would they go home saying about you? That's the kind of person that probably would be called a hypocrite. I want to give you three examples in the Gospels of the Lord. In, uh, in the Gospels, you see the Lord give many examples of the word hypocrites, but he confronts some hypocrites of his time, and he tells them exactly how he feels about them. Example number one, it's in Matthew chapter 22. If you have your Bible, which you should have your Bible, welcome to church. Turn to Matthew chapter 22. I'm going to give you a little uh, paraphrase here, a little uh, summary, quick summary of what's happening. In Matthew chapter 22, this is what's going on here. The Pharisees, these religious nutcases, okay? You've ever met a religious nutcase? Okay, keep your eyes to yourself. Okay, look up here. But um, that's what these guys were. They were just religious nutcases. You ever been there? You just met someone and said, this person's just a nutcase, okay? Well, these, philar- these, Pharisees, <laughs> these Pharisees, it says they plotted out to, it says, entangle Jesus, to trick Jesus, to see what Jesus would do. Okay, don't miss this. So they came up to Jesus and they say, well, teacher, we know that you are true and you teach the way of God in a true manner. And you don't care what people say, you're still going to speak in truth, pretty much in a nutshell is what they told them. So then they said, so because you're this man of truth, can you answer this question? And look what he tells them in verse 17. They tell Jesus this. What do you think? Is it lawful? To pay taxes to Caesar. They wanted to trick Jesus. They wanted to see if Jesus was going to say no because then they were probably going to arrest him and do the whole crucifixion earlier than he was supposed to be. So they asked Jesus, should we pay our taxes? And I'm sure some of you have wanted to schedule meetings with me and say, maybe I could get away with not paying my taxes this year. I could lie on my taxes. You lie on your taxes, you're lying to God. Amen? Can the church say amen? Okay, good. So they wanted to see what Jesus was going to say. And Jesus, look what he says in verse 18. Jesus, aware of their evil, of their malice, he says this. Why do you put me to the test? And everyone say the next part with me. You hypocrites. He calls them out. He says, you're putting me, you're testing me. You're trying to see what I'm going to say. It's not because you really want to know or you want the good from it. You want to see if you can find bad out of it. And you want to arrest me. And he calls them, you hypocrites. Show me the coin. They bring him the coin. He says, whose face is this? And everyone said, that's Caesar's. And he says, exactly. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And give to God what is God's. It says that they left him. They couldn't say not one more word. And they marveled. And they left and went away. They couldn't grab Jesus. Jesus calls them, example number one, a what? Number two, Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 through 9. Um, it, it just goes straight to the point. Jesus goes straight to the point here. And the prophet Isaiah prophesied this. Look at verse 7. It says, you what, church? Okay, you what, church? Thank you. You hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you. Just imagine being in the assembly of Jesus. And Jesus looks at you and says, you bunch of hypocrites. And all of us is like, Jeez, man. And look what he says. Isaiah spoke well of you when he prophesied this, that the people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, 
teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. This is a huge verse. You had people coming to church, let's say, and they were worshiping God in church. But outside of the four walls, they were the biggest hypocrites known to man. Because nothing about them was godly. Nothing about them was holy. Nothing about them was pure. They were still living in sin. They were not living what they were worshiping. And Jesus says, well did Isaiah speak of you. You are hypocrites. You come to church and you worship with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. And you and I could probably testify to this and say, I've been there. I've been to the place where the only time I open up my Bible is when you say, open up to the scripture now. And throughout the whole week, I never open my Bible again. You've been there. You've been to the point where you say, I've never prayed. I haven't prayed this week at all, not once. And you could give excuses. I've been busy. I got 10 kids. Uh, I've been working overtime. And all those excuses are good for you, but not for God. And, and, and you could say, I haven't been able to pray this whole week except right now when I prayed really quick when you ended the worship service. We've all been there, haven't we? And, and here's Jesus. And he says, you hypocrites. You worship me with your mouth. But your heart is not there. Because if your heart was there, you would worship me every day. Any chance you get, while you're working, it would be worship unto me. While you're driving, it would be worship unto me. As you're cooking, it would be worship number three. Look at, uh, look at Luke, um, example number three. Uh, worship unto me, example number three. Luke chapter 6, verse 42, it says this. Awesome verse here. I'm just giving you three examples, and now we'll be here forever. This is Jesus speaking again, and he's talking there, and look what he says. He says, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that's in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye. That's a strong, that's strong, that's big, that's, that's, you know what that is? Like, oh, you're just, you're just judging the little fault that's in someone else's life, but have you noticed yourself? Hey, how's everyone doing? You have a big log sticking out of your eye, and it's just, boom, it's just nailing people. You don't even realize it. It's just dangling from your eyeball. And he's like, you're, you're here judging everyone for the little wrong that they do. But have you noticed the log, the, the, I mean, the massive wrong that's in your life? You have a log when they just have a speck. And look at verse, um, in the end there, verse 42. It says, you what, church? Yeah. You're a hypocrite, he says. He says, take off the log. The log first that is in your eye. And then you will see clearly so that you could take out the speck that's in your brother's eye. You know, it's very easy to judge, and sometimes I could be sitting down on my couch and thinking about the week, meetings, times, phone calls, text messages. And this verse is something that we got to put in our hearts. Do not judge. Do not judge the plank. Do not judge the speck when the plank is in your own eye. And we see here that Jesus gives, we just talked about three different confrontations right here. And right here we see Jesus in all of these three, he calls them all one key thing. And the word with an H is what? Hypocrite. And when I look at these verses and all throughout the New Testament, I could truly say, yeah, Jesus really wasn't messing around with this group. He wasn't messing around with these group of individuals called hypocrites. 
we see rather than sugarcoating the gospel or sugarcoating his words, notice what Jesus did. Never sugarcoated, never gave them what they wanted to hear, always spoke the truth, and he would call them out, you hypocrites. Thank God you don't come to a church like that. You walk in, the leaders of the church, the pastor of your church says, you hypocrite, you shouldn't even be here on Sunday, right? I wonder what Jesus would say if he would walk in and judge every single one of us. Let's look at this word hypocrite really quick. When we look at this word hypocrite in the Greek, it comes from a word which means an actor. It means a stage player, one who plays a part, one who puts on a mask. Now, just a week ago, less than a week ago, I was a hypocrite. I put on a suit of Santa like I just showed you in the picture. I changed my voice, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. And in front of all those kids, if they really knew who I was, they would look at me and say, you know what? You're nothing but a hypocrite if they understood what that word meant. Why? Because I put on a mask. I was playing a role that really was not me. I was playing. I was a stage player. I was acting out. Now, why would I share a message like this during this Christmas season? A time that we know it's a time of giving and a time of receiving. And I truly believe that God wants to give you freedom today. And my question to you is, are you ready to receive God's freedom for your life today? So that you can give your true self to others. So you could give your true self to yourself. And most importantly, you could give your true self to God. I'm going to read a scripture really quick. It's in John chapter 3. Just follow along with me. Open up your Bibles there to John 3. I'm going to read 19, 20, and 21. And I really want you to listen to these words really quick. John 3, 19 through 21. I'm going to read from a little bit of a simpler version because I like the way it kind of um, simplifies it and breaks it down. And I just want to share from the NLT. Um, if yours is a little bit different, just follow along with me. It says, and the judgment is based on this fact. I like this. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light. Their actions were evil, verse 20. And all who do evil hate the light, and they refuse to go near it for fear that their sins would be what? Underline this. Expose. Underline that and highlight that in your Bible or write that in your notes. That all who do evil hate the light and they refuse to go near it for their fear that their sins will be exposed. Verse 21, but those who do what is right, they come to the light so that others can see that they are doing what what God wants. You see, when we think about Christmas and as we go and celebrate it on Sunday, Part of the beauty of Christmas is driving around, at least if you like this, I like it, driving around to the different neighborhoods and looking at what? At the lights. One of my good friends, his uncle, always for years, always came out in the news. He had a big house, and his house was covered. Every single little inch from his house was covered with lights. I mean, it was spectacular. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And he even had an electronic Santa with the reindeers, and it would go all around his house. And you should see the line of people that would drive to see it. The news every year would post up in front of his house and record and do live 
uh, recordings in front of, I mean, it was amazing. And if you uh, like that, you've caught yourself going and visiting house to house, neighborhoods, to look at all the different lights. And this is a time of the year where there are lights everywhere, right? In our church, we got some lights. Next year, uh, if we're still in this building, you're going to see some amazing things that we're probably going to do here. But everywhere you go, you see lights during Christmas. You don't really see it in any other holiday. It's just in Christmas in which you see lights, lights on homes, lights on trees. I've seen some cars. I don't know how they even do it with some lights on and a nose in the front and red nose. I mean, some weird, freaky stuff out there. But there's lights everywhere. And you might ask yourself, oh, why? What is it about this holiday? What is it about this season, Christmas? Well, it's because the greatest gift that God gave us is described as light. The Bible says that Jesus is the word of the world, is the light of the world. And when we put on these lights, I don't know about you, but they are symbolic for my light has come. And it's Jesus Christ. He was born, and he lived, and he died, and he was risen again for us. And we see here in John chapter 3, if we have the verse, we can put it back up. In verses 19 through 21, we see the Christmas message, and don't miss it. It says, God's light came into the world. Guys, it came into this world to free people from darkness, to free people from evil. And the light was needed. And as I read this scripture in John chapter 3, I said, why do people fear this light? And why, do, why, does, or why is this light needed? Well, this light, we need this light to reveal the masks that us as creation wear and put on. So that we would come to this light and that we would leave our sins and that we would take off our masks. Because only when you come to the light, which is Jesus Christ, is our mask and our sins revealed. And then you wonder why people don't come to God the way they know they should be coming to God. Don't worship the Lord the way they should be worshiping the Lord. Or not seeking God the way they should be seeking God. Because they're living in sin and they fear that the light of the world is going to expose their hypocrisy and expose their sin. Now this is a message I want to share with you today. Because if there's sin in your life. This is the season to deal with it. Right now. And if you're wearing a mask today, listen, you fooled me. Good job. You did a really good job today. Congratulations. But you're not fooling God. Take the mask off today. Masks off. And as I preach this message to you, you know who you are. You leave here in the weekends, you're a totally different person. And you could get mad at me today if you want. I still love you. But you know that nothing about you displays a Christian life. You're wearing a mask. You're wearing a mask. And we could come to church and we could worship God. We could say a lot of great things to our brothers and sisters. But if it's not true and it's not genuine, it's not honest... We're wearing a mask. And we might feel like this today. We might feel like today I don't come close because I fear what's going to be exposed. Pastor Rigo, I, I can't do it. I'm scared of what's going to come out. 
So what happens with these kind of individuals is, and I don't want this to happen to you, we become more comfortable with wearing a mask and living our life with this fake person upon us. A mask that's not really us, pretending to be something that we're not and that God has never created us to be. And today my message is take off the mask. Take off the evil and no longer do what is evil. This is a message that no pastor ever wants to preach. And today I could have preached an awesome Christmas message and said, God is great. And he came in a manger and hallelujah, Virgin Mary. <laughs> but I don't know why he didn't put this, that message in my heart for next week. I probably have going to have that message in my heart on Friday. But today's message, look at verse 21. If we could put that verse back up in John 3. Look at this. But those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see. That they are doing what, what? What God wants. Church, come to the light today. So you can be a testimony of what God wants. Take off the mask. Church, masks off today. You're listening to me today and you're filled with depression. You're not fooling God. Masks off. You're listening to me today and your marriage is a mess. You're not fooling anyone. You're not fooling God. I mean, you're fooling everyone, but you're not fooling God. Masks off. You're here today, and nothing about you is godly outside of these four walls at 12 o'clock. You're not fooling God. Do this today. Masks off. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand right now, but if this altar call needs to be filled today, I hope you join me on your knees with me. Because I'll stay here till 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 4 or 5. I want to watch the Tebow game tonight, today. I want to see him beat the Patriots, I hope. Our brother Tebow, we got to go for him, right? I'm just messy. I'm not trying to catch any problems with anyone. But if I have to stay here with you and pray with you for another two, three hours, I'll do it. As long as the masks get taken off on this altar here today. Aren't you tired of wearing that mask? Listen, everyone else that you're fooling, they're living their normal lives. You're not fooling them. They're going home happy. They're eating their dinner. They're putting on their AC and they're cuddling in their beds and they have their families and they have their own problems. And they got their own joys and they got their own great things. They got their own Christmas to celebrate this year. So today, do you want to live another day wearing the same mask, fooling yourself and fooling God? Church today, masks off. How many of you can say amen to that? Come to the light today. In Luke chapter 18, I love this story. He told a parable. And Jesus tells a parable of two men. One man again. You think Jesus really liked these Pharisees? <laughs> I don't think so. One man was a religious nutcase again, the Pharisee. The Pharisees, you got to understand their role. They were the holy people. They seemed holy. They were supposed to be holy. They were the godly people. They were the role of holiness. And then the second person is the tax collector. Tax collector was the role of evil, thief, the one that everyone talked bad about. Okay? So if we were going to talk about good about anyone in this story, guess who it would be? The Pharisee. And if we were going to talk anything bad about this story, guess who it would be? The tax collector. You guys are doing great participation. 
today, helping me out with the hard message. And Jesus tells this parable, and look what he says. He says, two men went up into the temple and they prayed. One of them was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. It says the Pharisee was standing by himself and watch what he prayed. God, I thank you that I am not like these other men. Hypocrite. They're thieves, they're extortioners, they're unjust, they're adulterers. And Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this tax collector. That's what he said. Look at verse 12. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. I'm going to stay quiet. And then verse 13 says, the tax collector standing far away, he wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven and he would beat his breast, beat his chest. And look what he would say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Verse 14, I tell you, Jesus says that this man, he went down to his house justified rather than the Pharisee. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself, he will be what? Exalted. Jesus says there's two men, one's a Pharisee, one's a tax collector. And everyone said, ooh, for sure the one comes out winning is Pharisee. And Jesus says, you're wrong. Why? Because the tax collector, he wasn't saying, oh, Lord, look how good I am. Instead, he said, Lord, have mercy on me. And he was beating his chest. And the Lord says he went home justified. But the, tax, but the Pharisee, he was a hypocrite. Lord, I thank God that I'm not like everyone else. I thank God that I'm not like this tax collector. And I read this scripture, and today to you I tell you this, that it is time to be completely honest with ourselves and with God. Today, if you stand like the tax collector and you need to come up to the altar and say, Lord, forgive me, this sinner, for putting on a mask, do it and go home justified. Because the Bible says that he who humbles himself will be exalted and he who exalts himself will be humbled. So today, come into the presence of God. We see here the Pharisee, the one who seemed holy, the one who was truly the hypocrite wearing the mask. And then we see one who was a sinner who would seem like the one that would be wearing the mask instead. But rather, he was honest with himself. I'm a sinner, God. And honest with God, I'm a sinner. And I love what he says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Have you guys ever read the story in Genesis chapter 20 of Abraham? Abraham is traveling to a different country, and he's got his wifey with him. I'm going to ask my wife to come up. She's, she's been a little sick. Uh, pray for my wife. I'm going to ask my wife to come up. She's going to kill me. Nancy, can you come up, please? I dressed up as Santa Claus last week for your job. You owe me this. All right. Yeah, she owes me. So here, everyone say, feel better, Nancy. Oh, don't fall. <laughs> Keep her in prayer. She, she, uh, she's a little sick. But um, here's Abraham, right? And he's with his wifey. And um, <laughs> and um, he says, babe, I call her love. So love, we're going to go travel now. And anyone that we meet, especially any king, you don't say that you're my wife, Okay. You tell them you're my sister. I'm your brother. So they go in chapter 20 and they take a voyage and uh, the king 
is watching them. So now they get close and they say, right, don't hold my hand no more. I know you really want to. I know you really want to get close to me. <laughs> I know you can't have enough of me, but, you know, you're going to have to slow down right now. And the king sees them standing far away. He's like, who's that girl? He gets his servants and goes, find out who that honey is, man, in, in Greek. So they come up to her and they said, hey, are you guys together? No, 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 that's my sister. And she says, what? That's my brother. Okay, she's, learnt, she's listening. That's my brother. And the servant says, come, the king wants to talk to you. So they grab her and they take her to be with the king, right? And they leave me alone. And she lays down over there close to where the king is at. And the king now is laying down and he's in the middle of a dream. And God comes in a dream to the king. And he says, hey, fool, get up. What are you doing? And in this dream, he's talking to God. He's like, what's going on? And God tells the king, he says, do you understand who's at your house? And he's like, yeah, it's the shorty that I just got. It's... She just walked through my town, and I, she looked good, and I took her as, as mine. I met her brother. He was, she was here with her brother, and now she's mine. And God says, you fool, give her back to that man. That's not her brother. That's her husband. Listen, you better not even touch or lay a finger on her, or I'm going to kill you. This happened. Read chapter 20 of Genesis. I'm not lying. The man wakes up and says, I, I'm sure he cursed at her. But we don't do that here. Okay? And he says, what's wrong with you, you crazy woman? And, and he goes to Abraham and says, Abraham, what have you done to me? What have sin have I caused against you? For you gave me your wife to be my woman. And you said that she was your sister. What would cause you to do such a thing? And Abraham says, I was scared for my life. I thought that you were going to kill me. I thought you were going to kill us. But if you really read, read Genesis 20, he didn't say us. He really said, I thought you were going to kill me. Kill my wife. Me. And he says, take her. You know what's awesome about it is that God says, yeah, I didn't even let you touch her. Because I was going to kill you if you would have touched her. This is an awesome story. Why is this an awesome story? Because when you wear a mask and you lie to God and you lie to yourself, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting the people closest to you. And I could have killed my wife. And not only are you hurting the people closest to you, but you're affecting everyone else that's involved. The king, without knowing, could have laid with this hot woman that night. I have to make sure I don't get in trouble. <laughs> and he would have died by touching her. And he would have been on judgment and said, why did you take me? And he says, because you touched her. I never knew. And he says, yeah, but Abraham knew. But that's not fair. It doesn't matter. What he did wearing that mask and telling that lie not only affected him, but it affects everyone that's involved. That's a strong scripture, Genesis 20. Why? Because every day you're confronted with people that you love and that you know. Thanks, love. Feel better? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm almost done. I'm going to ask, I guess, if we could just get something playing. 
just one person for now is fine, so it's not too much distraction. Yesenia. When you put on something opposite from what Christ has called you to put on, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting others, you're affecting others as well. And you say, well, how can that be? Because the truth is being hidden. It's being hidden behind the lie. Behind that mask that you've put on, we hide the truth. We're allowing others to believe what in reality is not there. Causing them to believe in something that has the image of truth, but the reality is false. So ready? The question that you don't want to hear again. And you could fill in the blanks. How's your blank? How's your life? How's your marriage? How's your parenting? How's your husband role? How's your wife role? Guys, how's your faith walk? How's your worship? I mean, I was here at 10 o'clock. A lot of your worship is not good. You don't even get here on time. For real, you guys need to really work on that. But how's your worship? How's your word reading? How's your prayer time? I'm going to dare to ask you something that you can't get offended in me. How's your tithing? I'm not coming back to this church. Yeah. That's a commandment from the Lord, and that's something that hurts us more. I'll give you my time, but don't ask me to give you my money. It's time to take off the mask. Mask off. Don't wear the mask today. Church, how's your freedom? How's your freedom going? You're here today playing the role that everything is fine, but it's not. Today you need healing. Today you need deliverance. Today you need joy. Today you need whatever it is that you need. I don't know. You answer that. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. This is you and God right now. You know you want to get distracted. You want to run out of this church right now. You want to walk out and say, well, he called me and told me, don't get up. Come back. I'm not going to do that to you. You need to get up. You can get up. But right now, it's between you and God. This is the truth. This is the reality. This is why you're here today. This is the voice of God that wants to talk to your heart today. How's your life? What do you need today, God says? Instead, you find yourself wearing the mask to show that everything's all right. And you've come to try to believe it yourself. But everything is not all right. You need help. And today's the day to take off the mask. Today's the day to come to the light, which exposes and sets free free indeed I got this awesome scripture that I'm, I don't believe the Lord is really calling me to go there right now it's yeah, taking notes go home and read it I was going to end with Galatians 5 1 through 15 but I'm not going to go to it he's writing to a bunch of people that continue to go back to the law of Moses as their mask and says stop putting on the law of Moses been free in Christ already. 
the law continues to bind you when are you going to realize that Jesus Christ is your freedom all of that is awesomely said in 15 verses in Galatians 5 read it but the key point of Galatians 5 1 through 15 is this there is freedom in Jesus I went on a cruise two years ago with my family both sides of my family my wife's family and my family and we went to Mexico and I was going to wear the mask today but I said nah the church is not going to laugh they're just going to look at me and say you're dumb so I didn't do it and I bought me a, a, a what, are those, what are those masks called the luchadore luchador. I bought me one of those luchador masks that's the mask professional wrestling mask that you put it on like a glove and then you tie it up in the back And I've never worn it since. I've wasted I don't know how much money on that Mexican mask, and I've never worn it. I thought I was going to wear it. When the Heat won the championship, I was going to run around the streets. But then I was like, people are not going to take their pastor serious if he does these things. So I'm going to just mature a little bit more. The truth is no one forces me, and no one forces you to put on those masks. Today, there's freedom in Christ. Take off the mask. Stop forcing yourself to wear it. In the video, it says this. It says that we all look, we all like to look good. We all like to make a good impression to show everyone else that we got it all together. Even though none of us do. And to pull this off, we put on a mask. We put on these masks to make it look like everything's perfect. But behind every perfect mask, there's a perfectly messed up life. Maybe you feel empty. Maybe you feel confused. Maybe you feel addicted, hopeless. Today, anyone feel hopeless? Maybe you feel helpless. Maybe you're hurting. And you feel like God can't love you and people won't accept you and I can never be forgiven. Like I said in that video. The truth is God can't help you with your mask on. It said it's okay to not be okay. Let God release you from working to make everything seem like it's okay. Like if everything is fine and let him truly do a miracle and make everything fine. I end with this verse, Isaiah 60. And I shared this, and I'm probably going to share this on Friday again. Isaiah 61 says this. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen up upon you. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me today. You can close your eyes today. Examine your heart today. Prophet said, arise, church. Hundreds and hundreds, actually, 
thousands and hundreds of years ago. Isaiah the prophet said, Arise, shine. For new life, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. With every eye closed today, listen, you're fooling everyone but God. Guys, can you take off whatever mask? Why did I share this message? Well, because this is the season of giving, season of receiving. God wants you to be free. Receive freedom. So that you could give yourself to others, but your true self, not this fake person. You could give your true self to you and your true self most importantly to God. And that is the reason why I shared this before entering next week. It's the Christmas season. Why not get free from hypocrisy and from masks? And why not receive from God? And come to this altar and give back to God what belongs to Him. Why not say today masks off? Today is not a sad day. Today is a day of rejoicing. Yeah. Because my light has come. And today I will arise and I will shine. For the glory of the Lord has risen upon me through his word this morning. So as we worship the Lord, if you need to kick over chairs, tackle people over, try to stop from doing that. But if you need to, guys, run up to this altar. We haven't had a heavy altar call in a while. And say, Lord, masks off today. I want freedom today. I want every chain to be broken. I want this Christmas season to be a true Christmas season. Where I can receive freedom and I can give you back my freedom. So today, if everyone needs to come up, come up. But take off the masks. There is power. Don't walk out of here with those masks on. You're not fooling God. Break every chain. The altar's open. Come, don't wait. Come, break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. There's power. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain.
Take every chance, take every chance, take every chance. 